Hi guys, yes it's me, Gareth, and you'll notice this is the music for the music section, uh, but it's coming in at the beginning of the podcast, and that's because this week's episode is a bit of a special episode for music. Uh, it's, uh, it tends to be a shorter episode because we don't have a feature, so I thought I'd use the added uh, time to feature some music from Hotline Miami 2, which came out last week. Um, very exciting because Hotline Miami 1 had an incredible soundtrack, and I actually think Hotline Miami 2 soundtrack is even better. Um, features music by a lot of uh, very small uh, artists uh, where the makers of Hotline Miami have sort of gone out and dug out these pieces of music that are incredible from artists not many people have heard of uh, and it really just showcases what they can do. And the style uh, is sort of cohesive all the way through the soundtrack even though all these tracks are coming in from completely different sources. And it's an incredible uh, piece of musical engineering just to find all this music. Um, the two artists I'll be featuring, uh, there'll be one track from Perturbator and two tracks from Carpenter Brut, again from Hotline Miami 2's soundtrack. Uh, the first track you'll be hearing is from Carpenter Brut and it's called Roller Mobster. The second track in the podcast you'll be hearing is from Perturbator and the track is called Sexualizer. And the final track, which we'll play at the end of the podcast, is again from Carpenter Brook, and it's called Le Perve. So those are your tracks that you'll be hearing this week. Uh, going to be spreading them out over the podcast, so it's sort of a, right at the start you're going to hear one, which is coming up in a second, uh, right in the middle, and then right at the end, we're going to bookend the podcast with Hotline Miami 2 music from this incredible soundtrack, and then again, right in the middle, it's like a Hotline Miami 2 sandwich and I think you're going to absolutely love the music. Can't recommend the game highly enough. Can't recommend the soundtrack highly enough. And I hope you enjoy. So this is your first track. This is from Carpenter Brut and it's called Roller Mobster.
and welcome to the Game Central podcast. What episode are we on now, Gareth? I don't even bother saying it at the beginning because we've become kind of like a podcast that goes on and on and on. I've sort of lost where we are. Um, we're in the 50s. Ah, uh, is it Wait. 58 maybe? 59? We're in the 50s because women do not have equal rights. So 58, there we go. 58, the 58th podcast, and what a podcast we're going to have for you today, promise very much so. Uh, my name is Rob Walker, I'm the host of this lovely show, uh, and with me are the two guys that are here regularly already, one's name is Don Goss, hello Don Goss. Hello Rob Walker. How are you feeling today? Great mate, really good. Uh, yeah, what are you going to be doing after the podcast? Oh, uh, playing some Destiny probably. What are I say do probably. After- Definitely. Yeah, probably. But you're going to be looking at some different multicultural races in a channel for inflammatory documentary uh, where we look at the prejudices that we hold and try to see if they're true or not. That is correct. Someone who definitely has a lot of prejudices is Gareth Williams. Now, Gareth, I noticed last week that D Double Song wasn't even in your music section. It was kind of cast aside as if it wasn't even considered a piece of music. Um... Well, being that it wasn't 100% video game related, I, I figured it should sort of uh, sit apart from the video game music section. Okay. No, thank you for explaining that. And how's your week been? It's been, it's been fine. Uh... Uh, nothing interesting <laughs> happened? I had an anniversary, which was nice, went out for steak. Oh, oh. It's always steak. That's your answer to everything, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. Oh, anniversary. Steak with a spoon. Oh, birthday. Steak with a spoon. Pancake day. Steak with a spoon. You need to get a bit original. Didn't go to Weatherspoons for my anniversary, mate. <laughs> oh, was it a little bit more upmarket? It was, actually. Was it called the Steakhouse? No, it was called the Grill on New York Street. Wow, and you went to New York as well. Well, you know, have... you've got to push you got the boat out. It. You have. And talking about pushing the boat out, Don, have you had a good week? Uh, I've had a great week. Good. Been really Highlights. nice. Highlights. Oh, playing some good old Destiny. And oh, um, spending some uh, more time with my girlfriend this week than I did last week. It's been really good. Have you played any different games this week? Things are great. Um, Have I played anything other than the official best game of the year as voted by BAFTA? (laughs) Don't be silly. Why would I play anything but the best game of the year? Yeah, you can play the best game of any other year and it will be better than Destiny. (laughs) (laughs) The best game of 1995 is better than Destiny. Wouldn't you rather play the best multiplayer experience of the year? Yeah. No. The most original concept? Nah. Or the British game. <laughs> the best British game I've had. I've played. No, it wasn't uh, best British Hamster. game, Don. It was best. It was just British game. Yeah, and the, and that was the same as the best mobile game, which was uh, Monument yeah. Valley, which I have played in its entirety. Thank you very much. It's good. Thank you very much. Indeed. So there, there you go. See, I well, have diversified a little bit. Without any further ado, <laughs> let's get on to the news. Well, I mean, maybe there should be some ado. Oh, there's some ado ready, Gareth. Yeah, because the last two podcasts have come out on, like, Saturdays. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should sort of apologise. No, I uh, don't I know. think we that last week, Gareth. No, well, we don't know. We, we don't apologise to no one. Maybe we should. <laughs> All right, then, Gareth, Why? you do a little groveling no apology like a little girl. 
Well, they're supposed to come out on Thursdays. Well, you know. What happened to Kojima when he asked for more time? Well, (laughs) if you're telling me I'm going to be removed from every episode of the podcast, then I will be sad about that. Your name will be removed. Go back and edit. Go back and edit everything out. And I'd have to do it as well. (laughs) You have to edit yourself. Gareth, give give an apology. Go on. Uh, we're, We're very sorry. Actually, this seems a bit, you know, because two weeks ago, everyone, if you're listening to this, the reason why Gareth didn't get out on the Thursday two weeks ago was because he was offered fun, apparently, that he took up. So (laughs) you can apologise to the listeners, Gareth. The reason it wasn't up on that Friday was because I had an opportunity to hang out with a friend when we recorded it on the Thursday anyway. Yeah, well, don't make it out that, you know, there's some massive conspiracy. <laughs> there's no <laughs> conspiracy. I just figured people would like an explanation as to why the podcast hasn't come out on a Thursday in weeks. Well, it's going to come out on a Thursday today, which is absolutely fantastic. Because <laughs> there's going to be minimal ed- editing, Gareth. Minimal editing. Well, I hope so. And you, we... you'll have it out by nine o'clock. Oh, great. Um, the reason is, is because occasionally one of us, or more than one of us, won't be able to do it before Thursday. We yeah, agreed. And the fact that I did one on my own one time that everyone considers the worst podcast oh, of all time. Absolutely <laughs> awful. Yep. So it, we it was the best podcast ever. So yeah. we would we would rather have a podcast with all three of us that was out late. Podcast we've ever done. Yes. Yeah. If, if there was a worst podcast <laughs> top ten, you would be like number one. Well, then I would. Then I would win. So that's good. Yeah. <laughs> um, Fantastic. We would just rather have a podcast with all three of us that was late than one that was on time and that was not very good because... Pretty much what I said last week. Yeah, but you sort of glossed (laughs) over it. I feel like we need to... We'll gloss over you in a minute. Oh, Jesus. Would you imagine getting gloss in your hair? Don gloss. Don gloss. (laughs) Don's gloss in my hair. I don't want Don's gloss anywhere Many of girls got Don gloss in their hair. Oh, yes. Before we start off with any of our news, we've got to go to Don's Hot Goss Ip. You can notice that Goss is Don's second name. So it kind of makes it a bit of a pun on the name Don Goss. So Don, what have you got for us this week in Don's Hot Gossip? Don, this is news. It's too hot to go in the average news. Go ahead. <laughs> Hello. Well. Hello. Hello. Um, well, it's uh, somewhat of a tradition now that... Uh... I announce all those lovely new secret Mortal Kombat X characters that are coming up. No one else has managed to get their hands on. And this oh, week, this week there's a there's a little mystery character going in who is unnamed, but he appears to be a Japanese gentleman uh, in a hood with glasses, um, and he's just got the initial K um, on him. He looks uh, he looks a bit geeky. He looks a bit like a programmer. Um, What's a you... programmer? Why did you say program. an American accent? American accent. It's because I deal with Americans for a lot of my life, and uh, you, can, you only say programmer. Programmer. I also American say accent. I also say mobile instead of mobile. Uh, oh, what an arsehole! I'm talking about phones. I know yeah. it, it's something you can't help after a while. They, they worm their way into your brain. Yes. Uh, yeah. So uh, <clears throat> Kojima, <clears throat> if that is indeed who it is, 
um, who has been raised, as we'll talk later on, from the rest yeah. of the internet, <laughs> has appeared and appear as in a mystery character in Mortal Kombat X. Well, yeah. or is it? Who knows? It looks like it. It could be Ken Kutaragi. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> <laughs> They've all got, there's a lot of K's, aren't there? Kaz Hirai. Yeah. Kojima. Yeah. Anyway, there you go. You're Thank welcome. You. Uh, it also looks like there's a Friday the 13th serial included in the combat pack as a guest fighter. Yeah. Jason Voorhees. Voorhees. Now tell but, uh, us your uh, past of Jason Voorhees. Uh, he's my uncle. Wow, but are you a fan of the Friday the 13th movies? I, I, no, because they're, um, they're some of the worst horror films ever made. But they they're, have... not, they're not even as good as Halloween, and Halloween became an awful pile of shit after about the second movie. Yeah. After about the second movie, after the first movie, they rapidly deteriorated. Yeah, well, uh, I I was quite fascinated with it being a young age. I got all the Soul Friday the Thirteenth memorabilia, and uh, only recently I purchased Camp Crystal Lake Memories, which is a DVD documenting the making of each and every film. Uh, it, was, it was quite good to listen to how they did it and stuff like that. Really good. Excellent. Thank you very much. So, is that... Are you finished? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah? That, that's the first time I've been asked that. Way. Are you finished? I, I need to go and get my dinner. Come on. <laughs> my dad's waiting outside to pick me up. Ugh. So, the goat simulator is heading... <laughs> 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 There's a GOAT heading to Xbox One and Xbox 360 in April, and it is GOAT Simulator, which is one of the greatest games that uh, Gareth played last year. Gareth, is this big news, or is this sort of past its sell-by date now, the GOAT? This is great news. GOAT Simulator is a very original Did you really game. Enjoy yeah, it's, yeah, it's fun. It's, that's one of the things. It's not complicated. It's not deep. It's an indie game that's not trying to say something about the universe. Or is it? <laughs> oh. That's the thing now, isn't it? You don't know. It's just a game where you play as a goat and you have fun. Yeah. And it'll work better on um, consoles because the multiplayer in it's really fun. And it's kind yeah. of a pain to set up on PC. Uh, but on console, it'll be a dream. Would you say it's a pain? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. No, that was a good joke. But, uh, right, Majora's Mask character teases a appearance in new zelda game so this game that uh don you're the one that says that it's not going to come out this year aren't you the uh, new no, zelda game it is coming out this year Gareth oh Gareth is one who, uh, said there's it, no it? way that this game Ooh, is going to come out this year right so uh nintendo has dropped a strong hint that the happy mask salesman from the legend of zelda majora's mask would appear in future entry in the series now do we all like the, the happy mask salesman or is he a bit of a creep He's that looks the, weird. He's the reason Majora's <laughs> Mask exists, so he's, he's the best thing to happen to Zelda in decades. Okay, well... Yeah. well they, be, had, uh, they, they had masks fair. in uh, a previous Zelda game uh, on, the 3D, on the DS or 3DS, whichever one it was. Um, yes. They had masks in there, so it's, uh, it's not a huge leap to uh, have him appear in uh, the next Zelda game. Well, they were also in Ocarina of Time, so... Oh, you're right, they were. <laughs> They've been in it for fucking ages. Of course, he's going to be in it, and it's yeah, not really that. He's not been in it for a while, has he? Well, 
there, at least there's been a shop rather than the dude running around selling stuff. I don't think there was an equivalent to him in Wind Waker, and there wasn't one in mm. uh, not Skyward Sword, uh, Twilight Princess, that I recall. Is he like the guy in Resident Evil Four? What are you buying? <laughs> but <laughs> Is he the, like him? I guess this would be the first indication that he's some sort of a fully supernatural being. Yes, which would be cool. I think it would be cool if, like, the story in the new Zelda game on the Wii U would be that he just lost another mask, and he's some <laughs> like weird demigod that just causes mischief by losing all these masks all the time. Well, the thing is, Gareth, if you know, there's going to have to be. A, I think uh, as it's going to be open world, I think there's going to be a need for a lot more characters uh, to just be giving out sort of missions and stuff. And you never know; could be a side mission, couldn't it? That's true. Uh, yeah. It was in Ocarina of Time, just swapping masks with people to do some trading. But um, yeah. yeah, I would like to see. Well, obviously, I would because I love Majora's Mask. I would like to see him take a central role in the plot of the story and not just be some guy in a town. I you know. walk past and he's like, <laughs> "You, you want to know what motivates him?" Yeah, if you he just says, "Like uh, you've met a terrible fate, haven't you?" and then. He goes, oh, sorry, I, I don't know why I said that. And then you walk away. Yeah. Then I'd be sad. But... Well, you know, that's just a cameo appearance, isn't it? And I don't think anyone would be happy with that. Uh, but more Nintendo news this week, Gareth, is that they have announced the development of a new dedicated games hardware, Nooks. So let's have a look at this. <laughs> uh, the firm revealed that it is developing new dedicated games hardware. So does this mean, uh, you know, it could be a portable uh, talking about that. It could be a console. It could be. Could it even be a virtual reality headset? It's hardware. That's what it's going to be. But um, well, that was in the uh, hot gossip a couple of weeks ago. It New was maybe virtual they boy headset. See, yep. I've predicted so much about Nintendo lately. I'm uh, basically the world's best analyst. Anal list. Well, yeah. the thing is, uh, Don, <laughs> would you like to yeah. sort of hazard a guess as to what this would be? Um, I don't. This isn't going to be a new handheld. I don't think the new 3DS has just obviously just launched. Um, if this piece of hardware does come out, it's not going to be this year. It's not going to be. It's. I doubt it'll even be next year. I really think all this really is is, if it's anything, it's going to be a successor or update to the Wii U. Okay. Um, it'll be and um, it's it's. it's I mean, the Wii U's been out now for two. Th- is it three years now? Yes, like that. So. It's almost maybe. three years, I think. So um, it's not that surprising that they're announcing that they're working on new hardware because yeah. um, they, they did, you know, after a few years, they begin looking at new stuff straight away anyway. All the companies do. Um, they've just gone a little bit further and announced it. Yeah. Because um, they've so, given zero details about what it is. So yeah, I think they're just looking into possibilities, really, is what they're saying. Just saying the name, aren't they? And, you know, you, you could... Uh, you could guess with any sort of uh, company that they will eventually make another console. You yeah. could say the same thing. Forget, yeah, don't forget, with any company that is um, listed on the stock exchange, when they make announcements that are perceived as good, it sends their sky, their share price up. It so does. There's quite a lot of tactical stuff that goes on with businesses when they announce things, what they announce, all that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, and they need to do everything they can um, this year to keep themselves in the black. Yeah, that's true, but like it, it's, I think the timing as well will work out well because Nintendo tends to be a bit behind. Mm. So if they come out with a console in like three years that's as powerful as the Xbox One and the PS4, <laughs> and then Bless like it. a year later the next 
Xbox and PlayStation come out, so Nintendo mm-hmm. are again a generation behind in graphics. That syncs up with what they've been doing. <laughs> oh, so yes. If they announce it this year, maybe show it, uh, at not this E3 coming up, but the one after that. Mm-hmm. Then the year after that, they'll be like, announce a date for it. We could yeah. be like, maybe three years away, and that would that would line up with what they usually do. But they, they sort of announced a couple of years ago that they were planning to merge their handheld and console divisions. Mm-hmm. So this could be that. I mean, they've gone that way, you know, they've got a tablet that you can sort of walk around your house with. So you have to mm-hmm. imagine the next thing is going to be some sort of more portable version of that, more powerful, <clears throat> I would assume. Yeah. I mean, look at mobile devices, they're more and more powerful as ever. I mean, you could, a Wii U, you could easily, I reckon, if depending on, it might cost more, but you could make a Wii U into a full portable system, you know, without the separate um, actual hardware case itself. You could build that now into the actual um, the actual tablet part itself. Probably. Um, I think half the reason they, only, they needed the actual separate box is because they wanted to still support discs. And as soon as you get rid of discs, you get rid of a massive chunk of hardware that takes up space that you don't need. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, so it's a lot easier to fit, you know, the chips you need into that into the uh, the Wii U tablet itself. So, yeah, it could easily be a fully portable, massive, you know, tablet type system, but a, a full power one. You could also, you know, they probably have it so you can plug it into your TV if you wanted it as a, you know, console for your main TV, or do what they did on. Um, uh, you can do on the Wii U now. You can kind of push content from your console. Um, uh, sorry, from the pads, like if you're watching YouTube or whatever, you can do that little motion where you slide it off and again it goes up to your TV. So you're kind of broadcasting to your TV. Yeah. So I reckon they're going to start, you know, pushing. And that technology has moved on leaps and bounds, you know, in the last few years. So I reckon that if they pull out a new piece of full-on hardware, it'll be a tablet, like Gareth says, but you'll be able to, you know, broadcast to your TV um, directly as well. Well, there you go. Uh, it'll be a bit like those plug-and-play games you get for Mega Drive games and stuff like that. <laughs> they are fantastic, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, right, and I suspect so... they're, they're going to start dropping discs, especially as they've had they've now got the Wii, all the Wii games on their store, and they're going to start pushing their download service. I reckon Nintendo might even be the first company to go full-on digital download only. That is controversial, Dom. Mm. That mm. could be true. Uh, we do know that Nintendo are going to be the, one of the first to go into mobile gaming. Now, you were very upset when you first heard about this, weren't you, Gareth? Um, I just don't... You said you didn't see Nintendo ever really doing it. Yeah, I don't... I think it kind of cheapens the Nintendo brand, personally. Because yeah. their brand is all like, you know, we only put out fantastic games, which is why you only get like one or two a year. I feel like if they slap the Nintendo name on just a tablet app, then it starts to dilute what you consider as Nintendo's like brand of quality, personally. Yeah. I mean, it's very rare that you'll see a Mario game marked low. So if you start seeing games with Mario's face on it that you know are not very good and they're cynical cash grabs, then like you say, it's going to affect their name, their good name that they've spent all this time building up. Yeah, and it's kind of the only thing keeping them going right now. People just want the next Nintendo game because they know it'll be fantastic. But yeah. then if there's six apps out by this time next year where it's like Princess Peach's plant an onion garden. Yeah. You've got to plant three onions in a row to disappear and get coins. Like, yeah. Like it, it actually starts to have this sort of mental effect where everyone starts thinking of Nintendo as putting out worse games than they actually do. Yeah. In, in, and it doesn't seem, 
and it won't seem like they're doing it for the sake of reaching a larger audience. It will seem they're doing it as a sort of quick cash grab, which I don't think anyone wants to see it as a cynical way of making money. But if they do go down that route, it's like, you know, but um, what I was thinking is it's not necessarily a bad thing because, you know, I doubt the likes of Miyamoto and stuff like that will be involved in it. I think they'll have their own sort of division, you know, that they'll hire people that are actually good at making mobile games and have a proven track record. They're Mm. not just going to leave it to amateurs and hopefully it will have their higher quality and seal of approval on it. Otherwise, like you say, it's going to damage them a lot. Um, Don, what do you think of this? Fantastic. Um, oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, it's not. It's, uh, it's not me. It's not a massively surprising move, I guess. Because after last last year, we uh, we heard they they'd uh, enforced their copyrights and trademarks on mobile, extended them to mobile um, platforms. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't a huge guess, you know, leap to see they were going to maybe try and do this sort of thing. But yeah, I, like Gareth says, I I don't want to just see some shitty game app on you know Android or iOS or whatever. Because it would be yeah. fucking just turning uh, turning them into a software kind of company and almost going down the Sega route. And I don't know; it seems a bit weird, you know. And I, I don't know. I don't know. They're in the black now. They don't necessarily need the money. But there's are a they lot really, of money to are be they made. forward thinking? There is though. There is a shitload of money to be made, and maybe yeah. maybe there's pressure from the shareholders going, "Yeah, we don't want another dip again like we did, like you know, at the end of last year. We want yeah. some more positive, definite cash coming in in the it's future." Adding another string to your bow, isn't it? Exactly. So, I mean, yeah. they're saying they're not just going to port games; they're going to create some, new, you know, some actual stuff specifically for for the mobile games, mobile yeah. platforms. So, uh, you know, uh, they're used maybe... to using touchscreen, though. That's that's a good thing they do have. They do have um, experience using touch devices because the DS and the, uh, the Wii obviously have got touchscreens. So, yeah. they've got experience making stuff work on mobile. So that's true. And also, they're an actual games company. They're, you know, you'll get a lot of these mobile games that are developed by uh, companies that are sort of experts in exploiting people and exploiting getting the money out. But if they're actual game yeah. developers, then hopefully they'll be able to make mobile games that are worth the price. Because I wouldn't mind paying fifteen pound for a mobile game if it was a complete game, and I did. I knew that I didn't have to pay. I don't know one pound after every level to up my jumping ability as Mario, you know, I don't think that's what, no, no one wants that, no, um, but, but that's the worry, isn't it? I mean, yeah, it's always possible that they'll actually put out, like, big, robust, really high-quality games, but yeah. I, I could see there being, like, maybe £10, and here's a new WarioWare with all the features of your phone used in really inventive ways, Yeah, like, that would be amazing that Nintendo could easily do, or like, a new yeah. Canvas <clears throat> Curse where you're just drawing on your phone screen. And then, and then you've also and got you, the. Uh, sorry, Don, you go ahead, my friend. Sorry. Um, well, yeah, I've, they've got experience, obviously, the Wii, uh, the original Wii Wiimote, and now phones have got um, gyroscopes all the time and stuff like that. So, you know, a Wario game, like Gareth says, is uh, probably a really good fit. You can shake your phone, it's got, it knows which way up the phone is, you can blow into the microphone like you did on the DS. You can do all that yeah. stuff on your phone. So, yeah, it's a perfect fit, really. And and also you've got that Wii audience that kind of moved away from Nintendo and onto uh, mobile devices, and they're going to be kind of they're going to know the Nintendo brands and things like that. So yeah. maybe just trying to resell some of the older stuff to those morons. Yeah, if someone was like, "Oh, I used to play that Wii Sports, and then I started yeah, playing Angry Birds on my iPhone." Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Hey, Julie, Julie, it's got, it's got wee sports. I remember when we used to do tennis. Julie, look, look, it's five pound. That sort of stuff. <laughs> that's extra funny because that's my mum's name. Is that what she, how she speaks? No, it's not. <laughs> well, it's obviously not. she wouldn't be saying, Julie, Julie, unless she's got a problem and you've got to look after her. It's okay, mum, calm down. Right, so, Bloodborne being given away for free to Danish blood donors. Uh, Bloodborne is being used to entice blood donors in Denmark. According to Video Gamer, PlayStation Denmark is offering free copies of Bloodborne to Danish blood donors. So do you have to be Danish? Like, if I turned up in Denmark and donated blood, does it have to be Danish blood? Yeah, but it doesn't have to be yours. Okay, <laughs> I got this from my friend Jaskalainen. <laughs> well, I'm like, I've got a bucket of blood here. Definitely, yeah. definitely Danish. They said yeah. they were. They were speaking Danish anyway before I chopped them up. Yeah, in their face. I dropped and, by uh, the local high school, picked up all these tampons out of the rubbish. Oh, oh, oh Gareth. That's just weird. Just stood, just stood there, like, wringing them out. Oh. 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 Yeah. I mean, Through a you sip. Didn't... Oh. No, no, no. And this is how it happened. You didn't have a sieve or anything, so you had to put them in your mouth and sort of extract it from it and keep hold it in there every time you did. And you'd do about ten and continually hold the discharge that you've taken off of it. And then you'd go into the blood bank and go, I'm not going to come for a blood. And they go straight into a bucket. That'd be absolutely. Gareth started it, okay? Um, do you guys if you suffer from AIDS? What? You what? Does this apply if you suffer from AIDS? No, because you can't give blood if you have any blood disease. Yeah, but do they know that you've got a blood disease? They Well, they test it. <laughs> so, will they test the blood before or after they give you the game? <laughs> well, I don't know. Do they give it to you there and then, or do you have to fill in a form and they send it to you in the post? Maybe. I've no I idea. They just carry around loads of copies of Bloodborne, are they? But I would... <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but if I saw a blood bank going down the road, um, I'd wait for it to stop first, obviously, uh, and it said it was giving away a free game, I'd do it. I Have you ever as well, yeah. You ever given blood, Don? No. Really? Yeah, really. Oh, well, what about you, Gareth? No, I've watched a friend give blood. Oh, dear. <laughs> Is that what you call it? <laughs> Your slang. Uh, and what was it like? Was it a really, really honourable experience for you, mate? I think so. You got a free biscuit out of it. So oh, if you had left with a game instead, that probably would have yeah. been way better. What sort of yeah. biscuit was it? I think it was a bourbon. Oh, that's not bad, actually. There is worse biscuits out there. Um, but the big news this week is that Hideo Kojima, we don't know what's going on, but reports are coming out of uh, Japan yeah. <clears throat> and Kami specifically that he may or may not be leaving the company because of a little disagreement in the uh, the handling of Metal Gear Solid Five. The understanding is that he wanted more time and uh, they're not prepared to give it to him. So he's obviously thrown a big strop. This will be the last um, Metal Gear that I ever do, the sort of thing he does every year. Uh, <laughs> and I'm probably going, yeah, yeah, all right, mate, whatever. <laughs> and uh, he might do it, but... Um, yeah, this is kind of a weird. I mean, it's still developing, but it's kind of it's kind of funny in a way. But I mean, it looks like Kojima has said something to them of some kind, or, or they've 
they're, they're, could you, uh, Konami are basically trying to say it's a restructuring of the company, <laughs> yeah. like across the whole company. Yeah, just um, give it a... But it's basically, yeah, I mean, the way you can read between the lines a little bit, and it looks like Kojima's wanted something, and they've said no, and he's gone, well, then you can't have Metal Gear Solid 5 with my name on it. Um, you can't, you know, and they've gone, uh, yeah, okay, then fine. <laughs> and they've yeah. literally, and, and then, and then the execs have gone, uh, you there with the Photoshop program, can you just take his name off everything? And literally, they, if you go on the websites, like Mega Solid website yeah. right now, there's like a Kojima, Hideo Kojima production, gone. The YouTube channel with Hideo's name on it, gone. The, uh, the um, Kojima Productions Twitter, Twitter gone. Yeah, um, it doesn't yeah. seem, that, you know, it doesn't seem that there was any kind of argument. It doesn't seem that they've tried to keep him. It's, <clears> it's like, you know, maybe when he was going in, oh yeah, I've, I've made people being able to wear a chicken hat if they uh, play Metal Gear, <laughs> so and they're like, yes, uh, Hideo, uh, are you thinking of leaving anytime soon? Um, but uh, there's been an update just now, guys. Are you ready for the breaking news? <laughs> oh, New yes. rumors suggest that Kojima and his entire team will leave Konami in December uh, after falling out with upper management. According to sources speaking to GameSpot, Kojima and his other senior staff have had their access to corporate e- internet emails and phone restricted and will now only make limited press appearances to promote the release of Metal Gear Solid V. Allegedly, the entire Metal Gear team has had their employee status altered and Kojima and senior staff are now classified as outside contractors rather than permanent employees. Uh, this also leaves the in-development Silent Hills to an uncertain future. Oh, yeah. oh dear. Because that could get handed off to someone else. It's awful. Yeah. Uh, well, but that yeah. sucks. Whenever games suffer, that is, you know, the worst part. It is. But let, let's be honest. Um, I think game companies are realising now that you don't need someone to head an entire project now. You know, names aren't as big as they used to be because people will buy any old junk. Even if a game's not particularly <laughs> good, people will still go out and buy it on on mass. So, well, the thing it, is, with Metal Gear Solid Five Phantom Pain though is basically finished. They've yeah. announced all the special edition packages and all that kind of stuff, and it, it, it's basically finished at this point. All they're doing is some bug checking, really, until it goes gold. Yeah. Um, and then they're going to have to ramp up the production run. They, they're anticipating they're going to sell they're anticipating sell millions of this, so the production run on this is going to be quite long anyway. So they're basically done with it, and so at that point they've gone. Well, we don't need Kojima anymore. So if he wants to kick up a fuss, we can just have him get lost. And um, yeah, they've literally they've actually they used to be a Kojima production studio in LA, but that's now just renamed as Konami Studio LA. <laughs> they haven't sat, sat around, <laughs> they, have they? They've literally wasted no time. No. But it's it's kind of weird. It's like in, he's if you go through like on the internet, it's almost like he's been erased from existence. It's a bit like Sandra Bullock in the net. There you go. I've not seen that, but is it quite good? <laughs> yeah, she basically gets... It's like a 90s film about her uh, identity. paranoid. Yeah, her, her identity being completely erased, cancelled, and then her name not existing on anything. Oh, Gareth, so she has gone through his electric power again. Oh. Ah, oh, oh. oh, Robodon. Ah. Oh. Oh. He hasn't been here for a few weeks, but he's come back with vengeance. Talking about technology of the future, and then he showed us just how dangerous it can be. <laughs> you killed he's... Julia Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. All right, everybody. This is your second Hotline Miami 2 track of the podcast. This is by Perturbator, and it's called Sexualizer. Thank you. 
So, what would you have done this week, Gareth, that would have been made even harder had you had penises where your arms are supposed to be? Well, I went in a very nice restaurant and oh, uh, yes. ate a very expensive steak. Wow, and how would you have eaten that? Uh, the steak? Yeah. I would have clutched maybe the fork tucked into the foreskin of one hand. Not bad. It's not a hand, it's a yep. penis. It is a penis. Yep. Or I could have clamped the steak in between my dual bell ends. That's not bad. Yeah. Um, what I would have suggested is if you got your lovely lady to actually pull your skin back on your right hand, um, put the um, steak near your helm, and then roll up the foreskin uh, to kind of keep it in place, and then you could literally just nibble it to your heart's content. Oh, that's good. And then uh, I also uh, get a free cheese steak thanks to there that method. There you go. That's, that's fantastic, Don. And Gareth, there you go. So, what have we been playing this week? We've been playing a load of games, haven't we, guys? Uh, Don, you've been playing Destiny, right? Yeah, I've been... Uh, yeah, no, no one cares. Yeah. I have been <laughs> playing uh, Dying Light, and I have And, whoa. And guess what the end boss is, Don? Of what? Of Dying Light. Uh, a zombie? Is it no. the human element? It is the human element mixed with QTE. Oh, I know. no. I know. Never a good idea, but it was handled a little better than um, Shadow of Mordor because you didn't just end up somewhere out of, for no apparent reason. So it's kind of like it was hard to get there in the first place. You know, okay. you had to, um, you wanted to kill him because he's got the uh, virus antidote and stuff that you need to get off the island. Uh so you have to, he, he unleashes loads of zombies, basically, and it basically becomes an obstacle course before the end. And when you get to the tower, the top of the tower, uh, a QTE is initiated, but uh, it's not as poor as the others, and I'm not going to say any more. So you're telling fear, me it away. the end boss of a zombie game is a boss who sends out zombies? Yes. Wow. Because, I know. But all, <laughs> all throughout the game, it's kind of like you sometimes meet up with him and you cross paths, and he's always trying to kill you. Uh, the easiest thing would be for him to just use one of the many guns around to shoot you in the face, but he always tries these kind of convoluted methods. And it becomes a bit like Austin Powers, Dr. Evil in the end, where, you know, he's standing on... You're you're basically dying of uh, turning into a zombie because you've been bitten at the beginning of the game, and you have to keep taking some sort of antivirus to keep it at bay. Okay. And you're basically having these seizures on the floor. And he's like, ah, ha, ha, I've got you now. And he's standing on like a walkway above you. Got a, like, a machine gun in his hand. He's like, now, you'll definitely not get out of here alive. Gods! And then he walks off and then like these two guys come through the doors with knives. And then you kill them. And he's like, it would have been so much easier for the guy to just shoot me through the face. But, you know, they never want to do that. And it's, it's not just a problem of dying light. It's a problem all around the world. Um, it's, it's, it's a fantastic game. I don't know if I've sung its praises high enough. Um, 
but I would like one of you two to try it. Uh, preferably you, Gareth. Play it on your PC. It's too scary. I've told you this. Mate, you would actually be scared as well because it did make me jump a few times as well. Um, it's quite controversial as well, some of the things that are in it. Sometimes you'll hear a child crying, and this isn't just a flashback, this actually happens in the game. You'll hear a child crying and you'll go and investigate it at, in, at the dead of night, and it will be like a zombie child that's about five years old crying in the middle of the f- um crying in the middle of a house oh. and uh if you get too close it starts screaming and it alerts all the nearby zombies so you have to sneak up on it and break its neck <laughs> holy shit i know that's pretty dark although that first trailer for dead island that was amazing had a zombified child in it it did classic trailer and zombified children and you know that brought a lot of uh, exposure to the game that mm. it didn't live up to but uh they've really delivered this time and i can't wait for people to try it and say you know what but just don't play it online don't invite those people in everyone that i talk to that has played it on their own think it's a great game everyone that's played it in four player co-op with morons has said oh it's okay you know it, it's i don't agree with co-op play in any sort of sense and I will always say it that I wouldn't play I think something like Borderlands that's okay because it's kind of tongue in cheek it's funny it's it's humorous there's not much story going on so you can really get into it Mm -hmm. but when it's a game that's uh, relying on atmosphere and scares and stuff like that I also found the game to be quite easy as well so if it was four of us if I had four friends bloody hell can you imagine that it would be even easier um, the hard part is getting the friends. That's it, and keeping them. <laughs> Sometimes they find things a bit weird, don't they? Right, so, Gareth. Yeah. That's the paltry amount that I've been playing this week. What have you been doing apart from playing Hotline Miami and completing it? Well, I actually haven't played Hotline Miami this week. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, uh, but I do have some things I can talk about. The first thing is, uh, I forgot to mention last week that I've started playing uh, Resident Evil 5 again. Oh, well done, Gareth. <laughs> Thank you. Um, me and my friend, we played it a lot. Ken's. We... Yes, it was Ken's. There we go. Um, are we... It's Ken's for you, Gaz. Yeah. Gaz and Ken's. <laughs> yeah, cheers for that. Yeah, Gen's. <laughs> <laughs> um, we really Gaz. like Resident Evil 5, but there's not really much reason to play it because we sort of completed it all, got all the achievements yeah. and everything years ago. Um, so we started playing it on veteran difficulty, oh. and we just started from scratch, so we just started with like the default pistol. Yeah. Because um, what you're meant to do is play the game on normal. Get the weapons. Yeah, and then go into veteran with your like fully upgraded weapons, and mm. and it's still supposed to be hard. So we thought we'd go on the hard mode with like basically nothing and see how well we can do, and that's been a load of fun. Because that ge- that's a game where if you're actually good at the game... Then it shows. Yeah, you know, it's about crowd management. Yeah, and just like working the systems to your advantage, like doing the quick reloading where you go into your inventory and like combine the ammo with the gun instead of just yeah. pressing the reload button. Um, so like quick reflex and stuff actually help you on those harder difficulties. Where in a lot of games, if you have played it through a normal, you have like a some beefy weapons, and then you can just sort of cheese your way through a harder difficulty. Yeah. This, because uh, the way we're playing it, it's really responding to how well we're doing at these encounters, and it, it's really satisfying because of that. 
so that's yeah. been a lot of fun to revisit that. Um, then a few days ago, there was a post on the League of Legends Reddit. Oh no! No, it's not about League of Legends story. Oh, um, where somebody had made a mod of League of Legends to make it like old school RuneScape. Oh wow! Yeah, and yeah. I saw that, and I said, "Well, Moist. now I have to play RuneScape." So I've played like twenty hours of RuneScape <laughs> in the past Such few days. <laughs> I, I, oh, it's like years ago in high school, RuneScape was just the th- everybody did it. It didn't matter if you were one of the so-called cool kids or like a chav or a geek. Everybody just played RuneScape. That was what they did. All gay. I maybe I don't I don't know. Were gay people allowed to play it? Oh yeah, come on, everyone! Everybody played oh. RuneScape. That was what. Everybody That's did. What brought you all together. Yeah, so we ended up playing RuneScape in high school for like a couple of years, and then it went away. And they tried to improve, quote unquote, RuneScape over the years, like make the graphics better and made it its own thing. Like there's a RuneScape now that's like proper modern graphics and stuff. Yeah. That's terrible. And then recently they made um, the old school RuneScape back available and made it free to play. So now you can just go play the same RuneScape that you were playing like eight, nine years ago. And it's exactly the same. The graphics are like fucking terrible. The frame rate's awful. The animations are horrendous. But something about it is just so yeah. satisfying. It has the um, the leveling up mechanic that the Elder Scrolls games do. Where like the more you do something, the more you level it up. So you know, if you want to level up your mining, you just do a shitload of mining. And then eventually you'll level up your mining so you can mine harder things and you'll work your way up. Um, yeah. And then if you want to level up your like uh, defense, you have to fight with a defensive combat style to level up your defense more. And it just... Everything's so intuitive for a game that was out like 10 years ago. And e- it even looked like shit back then. Like Back then you'd look at RuneScape and be like, ugh... God yeah. damn, this is ugly. Uh, budget. Yeah, but there's so much going on, and there's still like fifty thousand people online. At like, when I go on at like four in the morning, there'll be like fifty thousand people online, and it's absolutely insane how popular this game is. People have such massive nostalgia for it, me included. And mm. what you find when you play it is, you start off thinking like, "Oh, the nostalgia in this is amazing." And then you go on to realise, like, oh, this just has really solid systems. It's It really keeps you wanting to be playing for an MMO, which a lot of MMOs can sort of lose you pretty quickly, because you're like, why do I even bother? Um, and though the combat is unbelievably bad, like, you just click attack on something, then it'll fight in the style that you chose, and that's, mm. that's it. Um, you still, because there's people running around dressed in all cool armour and stuff, you have tons of incentive to want to look cool, so you yeah. like you want to fight in this terrible way just to get to your uh, your next armor, and then you want to wear that armor, and then you want to maybe get it trimmed. So you need a load of money, and it, it's a constant um, grind that keeps you interested. And it's also it's one of those things you can do in the background. You can do it half assed You don't really need to pay attention, which is why I've been able to spend like twenty hours of the past few days just doing it because it's just on. And I'm just like clicking, barely paying any attention while I'm like watching like wrestling on another screen. Uh, yeah. so it's a really good background game 
for that. Uh, so yeah, man, RuneScape. There's a lot of stuff as well um, that they've locked behind like a 24-hour gameplay window. So there's like there's a huge exchange which is like um, kind of like a big trading post where you can buy bulk of items or sell anything. Did you say bulk? Bulk. Oh, okay. <laughs> sorry, oh, sorry to do that to you. <laughs> uh, called the Grand Exchange, and that only unlocks after you've been playing for twenty-four hours. Yeah. So I'm getting close to unlocking that, and I feel like once that happens, I'll be all like wheeler dealing, like buy a thousand anchovies for a one, and then sell them all for two, and that'll make me like a bit of profit. And that you know, I feel like that's because part of the joy of RuneScape was always. Figuring out how to make a shitload of money. Because there are people who manage it, they'll just sell like a thousand of some arbitrary thing that one person needs to make arrows or some shit. And they'll make their money that way. Or you can go after one thing that's really expensive and then sell that on. I feel like this will be, that's where a lot of the fun is. Once you sort of get a bit bored of the gameplays, working the economy, being a bit of a Dell boy, like, I'll sell you. A, th- yeah. a thousand rune essences for this amount of money then I use that to buy a rune plate and then I get that trimmed and then I sell it on for even more like there's just loads of cool things you can do to make money which I'm looking forward to so I'll probably be playing more runescape which I wouldn't have thought I'd be saying in 2015 mm. there you go there we go um, well Zane Malik from One Direction has quit the tour for medical reasons uh, the 22-year-old has been signed off with stress and will miss the rest of the band's tour of Asia. Oh. And that's for our One Direction fans. That is uh, actually, so... like, really bad because that means he won't get to have sex with any more Asian women. <laughs> oh, here comes the racism coming out. I'm just saying, he's young, you know, maybe he's not had the opportunity yet to get with many Asian women. And now he's... Oh, my God. He's too exhausted, bless him. <laughs> he's a hard life for One Direction. That's what you've got to realise. All that sex. <laughs> so, Don, what have you... No, I don't want to ask. You know, it's been a while since we've actually let him talk about Destiny. I feel like we should see... Well, what else is there to say, Well, Gareth? that's what I'm wondering. I'm curious <laughs> if there's anything else to say. Okay. I feel I'm going to regret this, Don, but... <laughs> I've been this week. Oh, I've been playing Destiny. Game of the year. <sighs> Definitely. Um... Yeah, so I've been using the um, this week. I've been using the uh, Destiny PS4 community Facebook page. To, oh, I was uh, wrong. This is to... already terrible. Oh, oh, yeah, shut up. But okay. because there's a, oh, there's a community <laughs> to actually get through the get through the raids because you obviously need six people for a raid team uh, and all the rest of it. And uh, the people that I normally play with um, have generally started playing other games and stuff like that. So They're this is like Match. dot com for Destiny players. Yeah, in a way. It's yeah. like Tinder yeah. for Destiny players. Oh, just yes. But it's uh, no, it's been quite funny. It's been quite good actually. It means I've gone through the raids, which I've not really. I've I've done like the raids a total of four times before um, before last week. So that's basically nothing. And a lot of the good gear obviously is available in the raids, and the, so I've missed out on a lot of that for months on end. Uh, but now I've started collecting some of it. And one of the raids we did, we um, normally you've got six people, you've got your mic, so you can all chat to each other, tell each other what to do, what's happening, all the rest of it. Um, but I played through one raid with no mics whatsoever. One guy who had never done the uh, uh, the Vault of Glass raid ever. Oh, um, and it actually went surprisingly well. 
um, and it was quite interesting watching other people help the guy who didn't know what to do. Especially there's a jump puzzle where you have to go through a certain number of jumps oh, and all that. You're saying you're kind of like Jesus figures now. Well, <laughs> it's uh, it's kind of cool because everyone else obviously knew what they were doing, and and it, it, it's quite interesting watching how people then move around and, and notice that one person isn't covering a certain area which needs to be covered, and someone will go over there the next time round and all the rest of it, and. It's quite nice that you now, I'm at the stage where on the normal level raids, I can kind of, yeah, you're right. We're kind of helping other people who've either never done them before or their level isn't very high, so they're going to get killed quite easily. And you're helping people through it um, as well as doing it yourself. It's been, it's quite, an, it's a nice shift to be helping people um, going through. It's nice. I like it, it sounds like, Plus, it sounds like the raid has been figured out. There's nothing challenging about the raid. There's a way to do it and you have to <laughs> do it this way to do the raid. Is that right? Well, the raid, it's, well, yeah, there's, there's parts of it which is the whole point of the raids is there's puzzles, if you like, that you have to solve certain things to get through or you have to cooperate in order to make things happen that you can then carry on, in, you know, to make a bridge form or in order to stop something happening or to destroy a certain number of things um, before they all kill you and all the rest of it or you can get cursed and there's a way to get uncursed or there's relics that you find that can then heal people and do extra damage to the main bosses and stuff like that. And you have to cooperate, though, to get hold of them in the first place and to get through the raid. It's all about cooperation. You can't necessarily do... You can solo some of them. People have proven um, by doing certain particular things, and you have to be insanely good to do that. Um, But, yeah, it means that you can help people who are stuck or who obviously haven't had people to raid with before and help them through, show them what to do, show them what to get them through it and all the rest of it. It's it's kind of nice. But, I mean, like you said, like, um, you know... You'll be doing the raid with somebody who doesn't know the exact spot to stand to like cover a certain place. Like that seems like at that point it's basically just choreography. It's like everybody has a the certain place to be at a certain time. Then you have to do yeah. this. It's very like, very sad, isn't? It? I mean, it's, no, it's uh, very much like describes... a load of other games no. that you all pretend don't exist when you talk about Destiny. It's this no different to uh... League of Legends or World of Warcraft or. Any other multiplayer game out yes, there where you need someone else to cooperate with there's you? PvP. Someone, there's loads of other stuff where you've got. A, there's games where one character has got a stand on a fucking plate so that it will open a door so another character can go through it. There's loads of games with that sort of stuff in it. But right. when it comes to Th- Destiny, that's not what I'm goes, saying. That's fucking terrible. You can't do that. You know, Derek, God, no, the, bullshit. But... Everyone just fucking slags off Destiny. You're not even playing it. It's fun to play, especially the raids, helping people through to solve the puzzles and get the loot that people want from it. So, basically, you, wrong you, with get, that, you get a poor guy who's gone out, he's got it, he's a new guy, <laughs> he thinks, yeah, I'm going to get home tonight, play Destiny, it's going to be fantastic, I'm going to be launching myself all over the place. The poor guy gets to play with you guys, you go, stand there! Don't no, move! That's not what happens at all. Not literally, literally not what happens at all. But uh, at this point, you, are you lot be, not just exploiting good. it to get the best sort of you all know your positions and that's what you do it's like clockwork well that's how that's what happens in any game when you've played through it if you go you get there's a there's a way to get killed and there's a way to complete yeah but at that point doesn't it just become robotic every single game no because you're doing different things each time and you're doing at different difficulty levels you're using different weapons to try and do things but you know which way to do each mission don't you do you know how how is that different once you've gone through the raid several times and you've managed to actually do it after you've yeah. done it, obviously you know what's supposed to happen here and there, and you know you've got to kill these or- in this part. You've got to kill X number of these oracles, or they're going to appear in certain places sometimes, or you don't know where they're going to appear, but you know they are going to appear because there's a sound that happens that is a clue that they're going to appear. Is it is sound. 
<laughs> You're still playing this game. <laughs> no, it's it's no different to any other game. How many times have people played through Halo? And that's, that's the exact same missions again and again. You just play it through on Heroic, then you play it through on Legendary. And that's it. Once you play through it on Legendary, there's yeah, nothing not else to do. but not for like 100 hours. But, but you could do if you want. People you choose not do. to. People yeah. choose not to because there's nothing else to get out of those 99% of games. Once you've finished them on the hardest difficulty level, you don't get anything else. There's no reward system. There's nothing else. There might be some DLC or whatever, but that's it. But in Destiny, you're actually going through... and There's more of a community thing. You're helping people through it. There's more loot to find. There's always stuff to level up. So you're um, basically a tour guide now. <laughs> me personally, no. Yeah. But there's people who do that. But they still, if they don't, if there's people who are who've maxed everything out. They've got every weapon in the game. They oh, top level everything. They, but they want to. They like the community fact, the factor of it. They go in there and they are, they are literally sherpas. They will help people who are lower level or who aren't as good at games as other people, um, or don't have as much time to go through stuff. Um, and help other people. Helping people is a good thing. It is not bad in any sense. There's no other game really the way it, that I play anyway that is like that. Do you have? Because you only um, play one game. There's not. You're saying, oh, Destiny's like it's not like other games. That's it, not how I speak. That is exactly <laughs> how you all speak. Oh. So you can all sit there and slag off Destiny all you want. The fact oh, is, you that you it's no, di- no different. So a thousand other games, you just have well, chosen chooses to slag off, chooses to slag off Destiny for no real valid reason. No, that's not a valid argument. <clears throat> so there you go. There we go. So uh, that is it for this week. <laughs> uh, thank you, uh, Don. I hope you appreciate the program that you're going to watch tonight. No, I'm going to play Destiny now. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm literally not, not watching that program at all. I've switched Destiny on already. I'm already playing it. And that's all I'm going to do the rest of the night. That taught me. Uh, so, <laughs> Gareth, I enjoy you. I've enjoyed you today. Oh, thank you very much. If other people enjoy uh, me, they can follow Game Banter on Facebook and Twitter. And they can visit GameBanter.co.uk for all our old episodes. All 58 plus of them. What's this? What? 58 what? Episodes of the podcast that they can check oh, out. Uh, also, if you want Battlefield Hardline, Gamer doing midnight launches for some reason, and there's people queuing up already. Oh. Um, that's that's quite upsetting to see. Oh, also, we never said we're on Audio Boom now. We are on Audio Boom. It's not just iTunes. So if you can't get iTunes... Uh, and you have to download it from Gareth's rickety old site, uh, www.gamebanter.co.uk. There is an alternative way now. It's Audio Boom. Uh, don't ask me. Okay. Because I don't myself. But until then, uh, Gareth, would you like to say goodbye? Goodbye. And there we go. It's Don, say goodbye. Don't get angry. Get out. All right, guys, this is our final chat from Hotline Miami 2. It's from Carpenter Brut, and it's called Le Perve. Enjoy your weekend.